We are live, baby! Welcome to TRB. That's right, this is the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we talk about the panel, the panel, the panel, the panel, the panel, the panel. Oh, no. We are talking about the part seven episode of Ahsoka. So uh, John will be back. He's been interrupted by Thrawn and his evil dead stormtroopers, which is That's right. terrible. <laughs> but he will I be love back. the dead stormtroopers. Uh, they're so creepy. They're so creepy. So we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into that, though, please make sure that you subscribe here on the channel or on any of our audio apps. Leave us a review if you can. I really appreciate it because um, we have a lot of cool stuff coming on the way outside of just Ahsoka, too. Um, but before that, we are super pumped that the writers got their deal. I'm Bingo. so happy for them. Like they got everything they basically wanted, which was so great. So now we just want to see that for everybody else, for the actors as well. Um, so as we've been saying over the past few weeks, we're supporting this show as a way to support Ahsoka, the series and the people that worked on it while also supporting the writers and actors because we want to see them get to do more creative work. And the way that we do that is to support the show. However, we're not taking any money from studios or doing anything like that. We're just talking about the show like we always have and how you guys have always supported us. So before we get into things, James, how's it going? It is, well, it's actually going a little rough. I've had some technical difficulties of myself. So we are two for two right now. Hopefully you can <laughs> hold down the Fort Lake. Yeah, I know you're pretty good at that. Uh, but this takes me back all the way to our first celebration together where <laughs> we're running through problems yeah. and uh, yeah. you were holding down the fort for us. Um, yeah. But Stuff other than happens, that, guys. Life, that's how you know life, it's a real show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, life is going well. I am absolutely loving this show. Um, that's an understatement. And it's just so crazy to sort of see the fandom come together and just be like, yo, this is the best one, you know? Uh, very rarely am I running into anybody that's saying they're having a uh, tough time watching it. Right, right. All right, he's back, guys. For, for kind of. Long, who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But now he can come back and take over. So. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Jeez, where did, uh, where did I we went over off? the strike stuff that we were pumped about the writers getting their deal. We're waiting for everybody mm -hmm. else, but we're ready to get into talking about Ahsoka. Yeah, I'm gonna go on strike for uh, my camera. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you uh, both are. You yeah. both yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So yeah, we are here to talk about uh part seven of Ahsoka, Dreams and Madness, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Gita Vasant Patel. Uh one episode to go. So we are gonna definitely spend some time later on in the show speculating on how this is gonna wrap up. Uh I think we would all be a bit foolish if we thought it was gonna be neatly uh closed out, um, considering what other shows are tied into this and of course that uh impending movie that dave filoni is going to be directing that is clearly going to be tied to all of this which i think will be the thing that closes all of this out but right. uh yeah so john james lacy as you all know uh, make sure you are subscribed to the channel youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast uh we're about to hit 2500 subscribers so on our way to a hundred thousand slowly but surely uh hopefully remember a little... john has to wear the bikini if we get there Right. In Japan. If we I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a great thing for everybody else except me. <laughs> um, but yeah, slowly but surely, uh, hopefully a little faster than the Nati. But uh, mm -hmm. we are going to get... Them. 
They are great. We are going to get into the Rosario scale in just a bit. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I also want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to the pod on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've seen a lot of growth there. We've been charting in other countries, which we haven't charted in in a long time, Australia being one of them. So thank you to uh, the Aussies out there listening to TRB. And uh, for people who support the show, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, we couldn't do this without all of your support. So thank you all very much for your support. And just so you know, after this show, we are going to do a live unboxing on Patreon, a giant big old box of Ahsoka stuff. So we're going to find out what's in it at the same time as you. So we if, don't you are, know. if you are a patron, hop <laughs> over to Patreon right after TRB Live and we'll see you there. Uh, if you're not a patron, you've been thinking about it. It's a good time to sign up. Tier started just five bucks. We appreciate mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. very much as well. Um, so how you guys doing? We're doing good. Yeah, we already did yep, this. We're part. Doing good. Yeah, we did a little bit of. Lacey, you didn't say what you were up to. What how have you been? Uh, I'm good. I'm just enjoying fall. It's like super cold up in here in Connecticut now. Like when you wake up in the morning, it's very and I love it. Uh, it's sweatshirt weather. I got my TRB sweatshirt on today. Sweater weather. TRB rocking it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just getting, you know, getting excited for winter. I love Christmas. So any day that's closer to Christmas is a good day for me. Have you turned your heat on yet? We did the. Matt is a crazy person and turned on the heat this morning and I got so mad. I did too, though. <laughs> I like cold. being cold. So like when I come in and I'm hot, I'm like, mm. what? I want to be cold. I'd rather stay here with like a blanket and like a sweatshirt and like socks and everything than be comfortable. We, we did the Bed Bath & Beyond uh, fall Halloween shop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you go mm -hmm. through and you're like, oh, cinnamon or uh, pumpkin spice or uh, oh, yeah. autumn leaves. I did you know, that a month ago. Through. It's called hey. Home Goods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something. Cinnamon. So I, I started eating oatmeal now in the morning. Look at you. I know it's annoying. I feel like a horse. Who's this guy? I don't know. It's horrible. But <laughs> the people here for Ahsoka right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Ahsoka eats oatmeal. Um, cinnamon yeah. spice. What is that? I love cinnamon spice. It's but like nutmeg. It? it is the spice cinnamon. It's cinnamon sugar. It's usually some nutmeg. I don't like it. You know what the best candle is? Seriously, and this is for all the people at home that you don't know. It's called apple honey butter all right so if we're talking false false scents that's the scent to get you know but what you I'm won't find any because i've bought them all <laughs> you know what i'm drinking what? right now take a guess C cinnamon coffee? spice coffee pumpkin spice coffee no the no. resistance brew oh bingo um, yeah weird brothers there. so i don't know if people i mean a lot of people probably know a lot of people don't we have a coffee brand with our friends at weird brothers dot com mm -hmm. they are uh a small business coffee shop uh out of virginia i think they have a couple locations now and we partnered with them uh about two years ago and we designed our own coffee brand flavor called and the flavor. resistance brew yeah. and yeah you can see the link if you're watching on youtube but go to weirdbrothers.com and just look up the resistance brew and you'll find our coffee you could buy it you're supporting the pot of course but you're also supporting small businesses and I believe they also donate some proceeds to veterans. Veterans, too. yep. Mm -hmm. So go check it out. It's delicious. It's caffeinated. And it's good time for some cold weather. So there you go. I might open the window. 
who knows? Who knows what's yeah. going to happen? And coming um, up Friday is National Coffee Day, so it's a perfect time. Right. To get. Yes. Uh, so check that out. All right. Let's talk Ahsoka. Let's talk part seven, Dreams and Madness, which I think is an awesome, one of the cooler episode names that they've done so far for Star Wars. Um, let's get into the Rosario scale. Each of us will rate this episode from zero to ten. Uh, halves count. And we'll put our scores together. Then we'll check in with our patrons, see what they scored it, and get to some of their comments as well. So, Lacey, you're kicking things off this week. Part seven, what'd you give it on the Rosario scale? So I'm getting booed first. Uh, I gave it <laughs> I gave it an eight. What? A solid, a solid eight. It was a <laughs> It was a solid episode. That's better than a lot of the shows that I've rated. Because <laughs> I feel like people are going to hate me. Boo! I gave it an eight. Boo. I feel like there were moments that were true highlights for me. I think Thrawn really stood out this episode to me. Like, he killed it. Um, but overall, there was just a lot going on. And it was hard to kind of stay focused on one thing because it was just jumping around a lot. But there were so many great moments that I feel like when I go back to rewatch all the whole season together instead of individual episodes, I will appreciate this segment more. Mm -hmm. I just feel like yeah. it was a piece of the finale that they broke off to make seven episodes. <laughs> and I feel mm -hmm. like it should have just been a part of the end as like a, a longer end. But an eight? Yeah, like if it was a movie or whatever, you would just watch it and it would be fine. But when you have to cut that part out and wait a week, yeah, it becomes yeah. a little bit... I know John's making eight jokes right now, but uh, I'm looking at the show notes. <laughs> and I don't know what, what bit you're playing right Boo. now. <laughs> Boom. All right. All right. Eight's fine. Eight's fine. All right. I am up. I uh, I gave it an eight. You Lacey pops up. Yeah. Lacey's yeah. the kid at the birthday party who points out how the magician does all the tricks. I am the magician at the party. Yeah, we got a bunch of tricks up your sleeve tonight, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I do a nice disappearing act, so I'm a good mag magician. Um, all right. Eight out of ten for me as well. Uh, I enjoyed the episode. I feel like when I did my re my minute reaction on our channel, I mm -hmm. sort of came to the conclusion that they basically did everything was in it. Like it was a potpourri, put it all mm -hmm. in uh, and it was an enjoyable episode. It just didn't feel like at the level of the previous few. So mm -hmm. I dropped it down a tick. Uh, in my opinion, still not enough Balin Skull. And I'm just thinking of the fact that we only have one episode, one episode, one episode, one episode, one episode, oh, one no. episode. One and just one. And just one episode left. And John's That's weird because it's never had his wife well. for John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James, what was your score? Well, it's funny. John's making all these eight jokes because I too scored it an eight. Um, and I think it's for the same reasons you said, Lacey. It is it to me. It was. It was such a good episode, but yet at the same time, it has that bell curve of sort of like, man, I've been getting tens. I've been getting nines, nines point fives. Right. And it's like, well, this, this is still great. And I love this, but at the same time, like it's gotta be lower than some of those other ones. So it's in that mm -hmm. range of an eight. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that what you were saying was exactly right. It just feels like it's part of the whole. And in order to get from there to there, um, 
it may have just been missing a few things that could have spiced up certain things. Um, little letdowns like, um, like Ezra maybe not being as powerful of, as I would have liked to have seen, you know what I mean? Still sort of struggling a little bit and, uh, just little weird things like that. I yeah, think, I rat, think rat is the reason I rounded out it as an eight. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into the whole Ezra thing because I think people had a really interesting reaction to that character. I think when he first showed up, people were like, either I loved everything about it or it wasn't good enough. And this episode kind of fell on that same like, oh, he's so cool. This is exactly what I was expecting with Ezra. And then it was, I don't know if this is the real Ezra. He's not acting right, whatever. And it's just so hmm. interesting to hear when people uh, say one or the other. Um, but luckily, we found John, and we didn't have to go to a far-off planet with space whales to find him. Yeah, John, so, how is Peridia this time of year? I don't know. I'll let you know in ten minutes when I go back to it. <laughs> yeah. So, my, yeah, it's I gotta never apologize. happened twice. Right. I got to apologize to everyone watching and anyone listening on audio uh, that you have to even hear that there's an explanation. Maybe next time, if I duck out, just don't even say anything, so the audio listeners don't even have to worry about it. Um, but. Anyway, that's part of doing live stuff and part of having this piece of crap camera I got to replace, apparently. Um, but all right. So where are we at? James, you gave an eight as well. So mm -hmm. did you put up the scores? We have not put up the scores yet. So what? All right. The, between the three of us. It's an eight. It doing an the eight. math. I'm yeah. trying to think which one. Yep. There it, is. One. There it is. There she yep. is. Beautiful. Yes. Looking amazing. Yes. Our <laughs> uh, patrons a little more positive towards this episode. Although eight, I think, is a great score. They give mm -hmm. it an 8.4. The way I try to remind myself, like when you're in school and you get an 80, which is a B minus, that's not a bad score. You'd be like, oh, I got a B. Cool. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right. We have a couple of comments out of the base. The first one being Major Joel Dossey. What's up, Joel? Joel gave it a 9.5 and said he thinks it was one of the best episodes of Ahsoka yet. I'm not sure how much they can wrap up in one more episode. There are so many plot threads. I think the next one will be a cliffhanger for sure. Hopefully we get a season two. Thank you, Joel. And then we have Commander Chris Beach. What's up, Chris? And he said nine Rosarios. Shocking cameo from 3PO, but a good call story-wise. <laughs> Thrawn was top-notch again. Interesting seeing Ezra refusing to fight with his lightsaber. He had obviously become used to it with his time away. Frustrated by the lack of Balin's skull progression. What is his plan? I don't think this thread will be answered next week and could be something Dave was planning on picking up in the Mandoverse movie. Yeah, Ooh. it's tough to say. Yeah, for sure. Is it? Do you think Dave's already written that movie? No. I'm going to say has, no. Do you think he has an outline? Uh, probably yes. an outline yeah yeah mm. i think i think with some like you know how lucas sort of changed stuff in the prequels based on how the phantom menace was received so he like really reduced uh -huh. jar jar um mm. almost makes me so sad i just want to like people to do what they want to do i know but like you know sensitive storytellers and you know maybe they're waiting to see like what characters catch on in these series and we'll give them a bigger part in the movie and you know that sort I of did stuff that with poe yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you um, still have, you know, skeleton crew and 
um, Mando season four. And I still think there's things to be shot that they're like, well, we know what we're going to do for that show. But then when you start, when you're on the set and you're doing things like things just sort of change and, and maybe you go down a different route. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Next we have uh, some super chats. Don't we Lacey? We do. So let's get to some super chats. First of all, thank you to everybody that sends us super chats. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Um, and it's really fun to interact with you guys too. So first up we have Kyle. What up Kyle? He said, what a great casting of Ezra. Iman is killing it. My number one question heading into the finale is where is Balin going to? Thanks TRB. Mm -hmm. That is a good question because even Thrawn's going, excuse me, Lord Balin, please, please come to aisle 12. Like, Please yeah. report to the principal's office. Where have you been? Because uh, he was that whole segment, which I know John from his reaction caught on when Balin's talking to Shin and like kind of the reference there. But uh, it was very interesting that he's like, yeah, I'm going to go this way. You go that way. You do your thing. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah he's like letting her go. It's sort of like Qui-Gon saying. But they're like, but you already have a Padawan. And he's like, no, 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 no. She's fine. She's fine. You know, <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. he's like sending Obi-Wan away or it's like cutting it off maybe a little too early. But like right now I have something else in mind that I'd like to pursue. And I'm going to throw that one. Um, I- I'm going to say that one's ready to go, even though that one probably isn't entirely ready to go yet. Yeah. I mean, John makes a great uh, reference, which I didn't even pick up on when I first watched it. Um, yeah, uh, for some reason, the moment he said those things to her, uh, your ambition drives you in one direction, my path lies in another, made yeah. me think of Obi-Wan, well, one of the last things he said to Luke in person. People were putting was, screenshots of it online. Yeah, your your journey is on a different path than mine. Yeah, but, crazy. You know, I didn't no. even consider that. Dave Filoni's a master. He just like finds these like little moments. Well, yeah, there, there's through. a few. Yeah, he subtly does it. And on my rewatch, I caught 3PO did a nod to Obi-Wan also. Oh, really? When he said, oh, you don't need to see my identification. You don't need to ask for my, you, need, you don't need to see my identification yeah. or whatever it was, something like that. <laughs> I did catch yeah. that one. I did catch yeah. that one. Thank you so um, much, Kyle. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I have more. Uh, David Probe is up. Probably one Kenobi, what up? He said, Chopper said, come at me, bro. He did. He was like, <laughs> hold me back hold me back <laughs> the best is the best Carson Tava being like it's it's okay <laughs> yeah. yeah uh next is stubby one Kenobi what up stubby he said 8.5 out of 10 Rosarios loved everything from rebels OGs oh, Ezra is perfect but needed more info about Balin's path to power at least a hint I agree here because I feel like they've been so vague with it and like no one knows what's going on that it's got to be something nuts that's why i don't think balen's getting hmm. killed because- that's gonna be so crazy if he doesn't die like because i'm starting to think thrawn's gonna kill him because he like doesn't trust him um but if he doesn't die that puts them in a really tough position but like you're gonna build all of this through seven chapters and slowly peel back the layers of like understanding what his vision is and then reveal it in the final episode and then kill him. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. So I, I just have this feeling that they're going to have to recast or something like that. Um, and, you know, we could talk about that a bit later because I have some cool ideas for that. Um, but 
Um, I'm going to miss Ray Stevenson. We we'll only have one more episode with him. But anyway, I know we have a couple more to get to. Here. James, do you think Balin's going to die? Uh, I was kind of thinking like towards the end, we could do our like final predictions on like mm. if, if he mm-hmm. dies, who kills him, who's going to show up in that final episode or whatever. But that's fair. I, yeah, right, I, don't, I a- don't know. It's tough. Yeah, we have a couple more super chats. Mickey Bell. What up, Mickey? Thank you for the super chat. He said, hey, guys, how are you? We're good. We're chilling. He said, rough couple of weeks for me. Had to say goodbye to my dog. Enjoyed many a walk with him Aww. listening to you guys. He is one with the force, but glad to be back watching live. I'm so sorry. Losing a pet is so hard, especially when yeah, it's part of your that is rough. Like that. Been so there. So sorry, sorry for you. Um, but we and feel for you. My dog is getting to that age. My dog's getting to that age now where like, you know, every time you see him sleeping, you're like, is he still breathing? You know, it's oh. kind of one of those things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just a right. But he seems fine. I'm just scared that one day it's going to be like, it's no, oh, now it's noticeable, you know, and it's so yeah. sad. Mm. Sorry, um, Next is Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. What up, Jedi DiMaggio? Thanks for the super chat. He said, what an amazing <laughs> episode. I want to know what Balin's after. That is the big question Same, everybody man. has. That might be. Because I think more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think more than ever, it's uh, he made it very clear that there's something that he wants. And he's not. And at this point, he doesn't look like he's going to give it to Shin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big part of our discussion tonight, because that seems to be the big question. Mm-hmm. Mickey back in. Thanks, Mickey, for the super chat again. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. He said, love last, how last week Balin talked about the cycle of the rise and fall of the Jedi and Empire. And this week, the New Republic is blind to another eyes. They're really dumb. 100%. <laughs> really dumb. Ziono. Or someone's playing them that they're very smart. You know what I mean? Like someone's being bet. But this, we saw the same thing in Andor, though. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The Imperial people in uh, Andor were so blind that, like, you know, you know, the whole thing with the trailer where he's like, oh, they're so fat, they don't realize what's in front of them type thing. Yeah. Um. All right. And we have Ryan. Thank you so much for the super chat, Ryan. Hope all is well. He's with R2 in his picture. I love that. He says, I think Ezra is perfect. He's been exiled for 10 years. Prior, he was essentially trained by Padawan. His level of force ability seems spot on. He's refusing the lightsaber was confusing. He almost seemed afraid of it. I agree with that. He did seem like, nope, nope, not touching it. Hmm. It was like a hot potato game where they were like, no, yeah, I. I think they they clearly solved that problem of like, is it Sabine's or is it Ezra's by giving us that line of dialogue? It's like, give it to you. It's yours now kind of thing. Um, as far as uh, I want to point this out, Ryan, uh, trained by a Padawan, sir, a Padawan who was knighted by the, you know, Grand Inquisitor uh, sort of in the force in the temple. So definitely trained by a knight. You know, that out there. Kane and Jarrus? Yes. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Uh, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. He did yeah, some I, cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, we can save it for the speculation part, but I feel like if, if a thought pops up, you got to hit it. And I, I, yeah. I think that sets up the fact that we are going to see Ezra use a lightsaber. Me um, too. I just don't think it's going to be the one that Satine had. Or not Satine. Oh, my God. Sabine has. <laughs> Sabine I think uh it won't be in this series though I think they'll let that let that wait out so that the payoff's better later um okay cool thank you everybody for those super chats we appreciate it very very much 
Uh, and now it is time to talk about this episode. And we are going to start things off by talking about our favorite moments, quotes, shots, whatever, from part seven. And James is going to kick us off this week with his favorite moment from the episode. Man, there was it there wasn't like a big one this week. I felt like all the moments were pretty, you know, eight, you know, right across the board. I will say that right at the beginning of the episode or early in the episode when Ahsoka is being chased by those ships through the dust and debris of the planet's rings, I I said this to our Patreons as I was uh, patrons as we were watching it live. I was like, I really wish I could watch this on the big screen because there's nothing about this that tells that saying, oh, this is TV Star Wars. I'm like watching this. I'm like, this is movie level Star Wars. And like, what are we doing here? The sound mm-hmm. and and all the way the ships are moving and the shots and everything. There was just something about that moment that I was like, this is absolutely movie level Star Wars, something that I feel is missing very much from Mandalorian when it comes to like their space battles and stuff. It's kind of rare that um, when those shots, they're always they're weird in the Mandalorian and here they're like perfection. I'm like, that's Rogue One. That's, um, you know, that's Rise of Skywalker. It just looks so good. Uh, so I, I think that would probably be one of my favorite moments, just sitting back and being like, it is so crazy that every week we're getting, uh, a star Wars movie basically just released on Disney plus. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, my favorite moment to the surprise of nobody is the, (laughs) the end of the duel between Balin and Ahsoka. Um, Visually, I thought it just was shot so cinematically, sort of what you're saying, James, about the space shots. I think even the intimate shots feel cinematic. I think they're shot really well. Uh, and the fact that they have those moments like where the they're almost face to face and the only thing between them are the sabers and they like speak to each other. It's that old school Star Wars duel that I love that the prequels, I think they they, they missed on. Um, and he said, very innovator, very Vader way. He said, you know, you can't kill me or you know, you can't destroy me. And she said, I don't have to. And then the the ship, uh, Hu Yang, they blow up the debris and she sneaks off in a very Jedi yeah. Obi-Wan style way. And he's left to like sort of look pondering as he does. And we're wondering what he's thinking next. But I just I just loved how that ended her. because I... I I had always had this belief that if there's a lightsaber duel between two characters and they both live, but one gets the better of the other, the other will get the upper hand this time. And Ahsoka does, but it still feels like a stalemate to me. So it makes me wonder, is there a third one happening in the next episode or are we not getting Ray Stevenson Ahsoka again? And then it goes back to that whole thing. Is it recast? Is the character going Cara Dune style? Which I, he's too big of a character to Cara Dune him. You know what I'm like, Cara Dune, I almost forgot existed. I'm not even kidding. Last season of Mandalorian, I'm watching. At no point until the first episode where they're like, hey, where's Cara Dune? They're like, ah, she went to go run a deli. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm missing Bill Burr. Tell you that. Yeah. Then I, but then from there on, I completely forgot about the character. Whereas with Balin, I will not forget about this character. So I, mm-hmm. you can't just cast him off somewhere else. 
I don't know what they're going to do. I, I If he doesn't it's, die next episode, I think they got to recast him, but we'll see. It's funny. I, I, uh, before I watched yesterday's episode, I went back and rewatched Ray Stevenson at star Wars celebration, um, being interviewed. And he says at some point in the interview, he goes, yeah, I, I face off against Ahsoka a couple times in the series. And I was like, okay. And at that point, obviously we hadn't gotten yesterday's battle. So I was like, so there's definitely another one coming face to face with Ahsoka. That's interesting. And then that night it happened. So now there's no, there's no speculation. It doesn't help me anymore because he did face her twice now, a couple times. So it could be, there could be a third one coming. But when I, when I heard that in the interview, I go, Oh, so at least one more, at least one more. Um, Lacey, we'll, we'll toss to you. Um, James, I want to find out, uh, later if, um, if he had said anything about returning, so that'd be interesting to hear. But, um, Lacey, favorite shot moment quote what do you got for part seven um i think my favorite shot is actually a balin shot this time and it was (laughs) i i believe and i might be wrong uh because i don't know what was shot outside versus the volume or what which is a good thing yeah but uh, the kind of jib shot, which is like a crane shot where it comes up from behind Balin and overlooks the hill that they're looking down on the Nocti. Ah. And he like comes up over the hill with Shin and then the other guys are behind them and that kind of, or they have the conversation there first, but where they're like overlooking the hill kind of reminded me of like any kind of fantasy genre where they're like looking on what's next, what's their journey. They do it in Lord of the Rings. They do it in, I'm pretty sure, Willow as Moss well. Eisley. Moss Eisley. Yeah. So like coming up over the hill is just such a cool shot to me. Um, And it was this kind of creepy foreshadowing of like what's to come because obviously they're the bad guys. So you see what they're looking at before they, the good people, you know, Ezra, Sabine, everybody knows what's watching them. And they're like, the idea of you're always being watched is creepy, but Mm -hmm. I just thought it was such a pretty shot. Yeah. I mean, you just reminded me of Boba Fett looking over, mando as he pulls yeah. away mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was oh, like who's pretty, that guy <laughs> and then everybody was like it's tamara morrison and i was like i didn't even pick up on that was him yeah remember that it's it's <laughs> definitely a pretty standard shot for these kind of like yeah. i don't know any type of over the hill watching you thing but it was just really well done um i know we have a super chat of someone who wanted to chime in with their favorite part so let's let's get to that and then we'll get to our main yeah. uh, overall discussion Guys, it wouldn't be a show without Freezy. What up, Freezy? Freezy. He said, best part, Carson Tava holding back Chopper. Also, 3PO, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. It was perfectly done. The C-3PO part was part. It was one of my favorite parts of the episode. We're now, talking shots. Like, I think favorite moment is 3PO. Do you guys think, we'll find out in the gallery, I'm sure, but do you think Anthony Daniels suited up or just did his voice? So, wait, so was like it not did. in the credits? I didn't. Would he would have been credited, right? He was in the credits. He was in the credits as and Anthony Daniels and Hayden Christensen. So he was credited. But you you will also be credited if you did your voice, which he did. So my question is, did he get in the suit though? Right. I think he did. I think he's really protective of it. And if he's gonna do it, he wants to do it. He looked like he was like leaning back a bit. Didn't he? Did <laughs> he might have been. Yeah. He might have been. I, I just feel like he's the type of that. person that's like, I'm gonna do it. You know, if they're like, Hey, we only need you, they're like he wants the full trip. He wants them to fly him out 
to do it. And then he gets his little moment, you know, because they had Mark come back to do the Luke stuff. So why wouldn't they have C-3PO, Anthony Daniels come back to do those parts as well? well it seems Mark like Mark Hamill like, lives in California. Yeah, but it's more of a goodwill thing than. I, I hope he did. Trust right. me. Yeah. And now he's further extended his streak as the longest running Star Wars actor as a character. So now it's. I guess the other question would be if our that the guy that does the droids like C-3PO is do, like the guy. What's his name? Oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name. Chris Bartlett. Yeah. Because usually he's the one that does the C-3PO stuff. 46 years as C-3PO for Anthony Daniels. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into just talking about this thing. Um, one thing that we can cross off, which I think a lot of people already thought of, was that Anakin quote from the trailer that everyone was so uh, mm -hmm. intrigued about turned out to being a recording uh, yeah. and his final recording to Ahsoka, which they made clear too. What do you guys think of seeing Hayden in this element, warning her of certain people, Asajj Ventress, Grievous, Dooku? What do you think about that as she was training? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think it was great. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. I know that she had this stuff because she showed holograms of Anakin Skywalker training her to Ezra in Rebels. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of a cool little crossover um, that people probably wouldn't know. And you just sort of see it in the show. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. It was that moment where he just kept saying lines from the trailers. And I was like, oh, so there's that line. <laughs> he said another one. Oh, there's that line. He'd say another one. Oh, man, they are all right here. This was all from that moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was pretty cool. And I, I also wonder, too, how much of that information got shared with Luke. You know, like she's got these oh. holograms. She showed it to Ezra. So you would think she would like pop it on for him. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much of that information is like public. Like it's probably all got wiped away by the Empire. So she has something very specific that she has been holding on to that probably would have been erased otherwise. So I bet Luke has seen some of these recordings. I would imagine so. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think? I I loved seeing Hayden again. Anytime we get to see Hayden is a good day. I think he did a really cool job and I loved the specifically the moment at the end. He's like, I might not be here, but like you gotta take care of yourself type thing to have Hu Yang be like, I had no idea you had these. Like I had no idea. It was just like a really heartwarming moment. And then for her to come full circle where she goes, Yeah, he was a good master. Like yeah. I don't think Ahsoka would have said that four episodes ago she would have been like more like oh it didn't go right or oh you know trying to figure yep. out who to blame or feel guilty that's i think yeah. we've seen her things don't always as, end up the way you want them to yeah i think people just <laughs> you know she wanted to see see get the closure that she got from anakin and i see i think we got that in this episode from not just that moment but also with the balin moment where she is clearly like I'm not I'm not going to defeat you. Like I don't think Ahsoka 5 episodes ago would have said that. Whereas she's willing to walk away. She lets Shin walk away. It's like you see this tremendous growth has happened with her. It's Yeah. Really yeah, I think that's a strength 
Because, I mean, there there certainly are things you can criticize, I guess, about Filoni. Maybe he uses too many references or whatever. But I think his one of his strengths as a storyteller is he drops little seedlings of character progression. And I think, right. like you said, that moment of her saying he was a good master is another one of those uh, affirming the fact that she's come to terms with her past. Right, um, right. I, I think her saying that was the last one is closing the book on Anakin for this show. I don't think we're going to see him next episode. And I think that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it made me... You don't think, want more Anakin or are you just good with the show with Anakin? Uh, this show. Um, now, he, I, I'm fine if he shows up as a force spirit later or whatever. Um, but it made me think of The Rise of Skywalker when Rey has her moment where she hears all the Jedi voices and then she gets up and defeats Palpatine mm-hmm. uh, on her own. And I remember fans saying, like, we were robbed of all the Force spirits showing up and helping her. I'm like, no. Like, what -hmm. is the point of building this character to this point to say, like, we're going to pop the training wheels back on and we're going to push your bike from behind? Like, no. I think that would have been horrible if all those Force ghosts showed up and started pushing Palpatine. And it made me think. I would have liked that, but that's just me. Yeah, but I think it would have diminished Rey as as a character and what they were trying to go for. And. And that's just my opinion. But then when I think of this show, I think you need Anakin to step aside because we do need to close out this series, whether it's going to be a one and done season and move on to the movie or other tie-in shows or whether it has a second season or not. You need to close out this set of episodes. And I think Ahsoka needs to do something impactful in, mm. now that she's gone through her own arc again here in that next episode to, to like not kill Thrawn of course because I think he's going to be the big villain for the movie but I think to wound him and I don't mean physically but like like do something to like for him to be like oh okay so I am underestimating her a bit she does mean business that sort of thing and I think having Anakin show up and be involved more would be a bad choice I, I think she's gotten everything she needs to out of him at this point now she's in a good place she seems more playful more willing to let her let the force dictate what happens sort of thing let fate decide yeah she's making a lot more jo- jokes with hu yang hu yang's like what is happening i love it yeah yeah and and, and how she handles herself even with fighting balin she seems more centered more calm more in control uh even almost enjoying the the battle <laughs> yeah, i feel like she's like i've already died so <laughs> i've got nothing yeah. to lose yeah, I've died before. It, yeah. I wanted to mention too, He Yang was pretty funny too. Like they kept cutting to him, like, uh, wow, this battle's great if I survive it <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> no, he yeah, he goes lines. he goes, Oh, they're finally together again. I hope I'm around to see see it. Yeah. <laughs> see I hope I survive this battle so I can see him or whatever. Yeah. He says it in such a way that someone who doesn't understand finality would say it too. It's like, <laughs> it's like saying, I hope I'm around to watch the game Tuesday night. You know, um, I hope I, it all uh, plans. And for him, it's death. I don't disagree, John, because I'm seeing a lot of comments from people that are um, similar to what you've said about other series of like, um, man, for Andor being the title character, everybody else around him is doing cool stuff and he's not doing enough. I'm starting to see that where people are saying uh, it seems like Ahsoka isn't getting enough of the... Um, drive in the show and then it seems like we're more focused on Thrawn and Sabine and Ezra and things like that especially at this point where she comes back and she um 
let's say she does something that significantly hurts or overcomes Thrawn's plan. I also wonder if we're going to start to get into that territory where Thrawn sort of becomes like Kylo Ren, where he continually loses and loses and loses. You know what I mean? It's like, why is this guy such a big bat, big baddie? If they beat him in Ahsoka and they beat him in the other thing, and then they beat him in the movie, like he's got to have multiple wins where our characters survive um, in order to, to build up that final movie where they do defeat him. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know how the show is going to end, but I, but it does feel a little bit more like Thrawn will ultimately get away with whatever he wants to do right now, which is seemingly get out of this, um, galaxy but uh for now the win will be defeating or stopping balin uh surviving you know what i mean not getting um trapped there on their own you know there's a couple of other ways that the show can still have a big win while also being like yeah but thrawn's loose so it's sort of like an ominous win I mean, yeah. speaking of Thrawn, he was so good in this episode. And Danny said in the comments, his reaction to the whole Anakin is Ahsoka's master and where he talks about how Anakin, you know, is dangerous and unpredictable type thing. But mm-hmm. I feel like Thrawn in this episode for me was a true highlight, which is surprising coming from me, guys. I'm not the biggest Thrawn fan, but I feel like this series has made me one um because i've gone in with such like non-expectations of the character because i'm not the biggest fan so like i'm just loving it um but to see him be so calculated this episode and like see what he's good at which is like coming with up with a strategy and a plan being three steps ahead of everybody else is just so scary yeah because you're like oh my gosh he's thinking so far ahead but at the same time the way he's working with the night sisters is also really scary because you're like I just don't understand why they're helping him so much. Like, I don't know what the benefit is. I don't know if it's because he's willing to take them back to the galaxy that he's going to, if he's giving them like, hey, I'm going to be in charge and you get to be my, you know, advisors. Like, what are they getting out of this, I guess, is my big question. Um, But seeing him standing around a war room table was very cool to see. And like talking about like, put troops here, do this, do this plan. Um, Because you really get a vibe for like who he is. And as someone who's not the biggest Thrawn historian, um, it was cool Mm -hmm. to see him in action. Because the whole time, especially for people that don't know who Thrawn is, you're being told how scary Thrawn is. And you're like, okay, this is the guy. What what can he do? But then you see him in this episode really going through the motions of like, this is why he's this good. Yeah, I agree. And calling Um, Ahsoka... uh, being dead and all that and she oh she's still alive okay so she is still alive and all that yeah that that plays in from last episode to this one yeah Mm -hmm. and talking about like acceptable losses and those types of things like that's it's all like these military leader based things um i do i do like thrawn uh and how they're implementing him right now i think this is just scratching the surface a bit um i need to see a bit more um, I think he's doing a great job, but I think this is just sort of like the very beginning. But I I can't help but think, you know, how many times is he going to let Morgan Elizabeth challenge what he's saying? He's um, she, he's like really not shutting her up. It's but it's getting to the point where I start thinking again, because I, I had said at the beginning, I'm like, I, there's no way that that she is surviving this show. And I think about like someone has to die in the next episode. 
I think that <laughs> someone got to die. <laughs> 100%. I think someone has to die. I don't think it's any of the rebels crew. Obviously it's mm-hmm. not Ahsoka. I don't think Thrawn's obviously not dying and I don't think Balin or Shin are actually going to die. So I think she is going to die in this episode. She'll be the one to show like what wow, all right, Thrawn is not messing around. You know, he's taking her out and he's going to roll with the the mother night sisters instead of like I guess you know, the question the Walmart would be, version. What would be the benefit of getting rid of her? Whereas Maybe. having her there, she's doing everything he asks. So it's just right. one more person that's, on his side. That's been my thing about him killing her, John, is that I'm I'm like, Thrawn isn't a hot-tempered kind of guy. And he isn't like looking for the limelight light necessarily like, oh, you think you're gonna overtake me? I'll show you. You know, he's not he's not really like that. She's an asset. Yes, she makes mistakes, but I, you know, I read all those original Thrawn books and like Eli Vanto is like a character that was like consistently like, this doesn't make any sense. And he's like, I'll explain it to you. (laughs) You know, it's like, he's not, he just sees these people as assets. So I, I, I feel like she'd have to do something that's actively against his better judgment. Maybe like you're right. she'd have to go against him and she could. And that would be a good way to show, you know, get rid of a character or whatever. But like Balin, Balin goes against move. what he told him to do. He goes right. rogue. And that is on Thrawn's radar of like, where's Balin? Why isn't Balin there? What's going on? You're missing a mercenary, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I a just, loose cannon. I don't think Filoni does anything just because and he's clearly he's clearly showing her challenging things he's saying on a consistent level to the point where she's a disruptor of his plan uh by just solely by challenging it mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. if eliminating her helps him execute his plan that sounds like a throne thing to me he's very just tactical to the point uh measured and if right. he doesn't see a value in her anymore because now he has the you know the the mother night sister trio from hell whatever they are uh then what is what's what's the point of her now she she got she got them to thrawn does she have a value at this point i don't know so we'll see i, I could be wrong i'm just it's just a thought um and i know i saw some people popping in the chat about you know what if they you know need to recast balan and i don't want to get too far in the weeds on that cuz all we know like next week he can die that's very that's possible. I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal thought, if they recast him, is Gerard Butler. I think um, he's same height, same size, around the same age. Uh, Scottish versus Irish. He could probably do the accent pretty well. Uh, and he's played these types of roles. Uh, you know, ancient warrior in 300. Uh, I think he would be great. I've seen other people say Liev Schreiber. I've seen that guy do... British accents and he's pretty heinous at them. Um, uh, and I've seen other people say there was another one, another popular choice people put out there. I forget what it was. Um, oh, Sean Bean, who I love, I think should be in Star Wars, but not as a recast. Give, give Sean Bean his own character one day. But I think Gerard I was waiting Butler, for you to do the Daisy accent. <laughs> yeah, I I tweeted it out a while ago and it blew up. And there were some people who were like, no, that would be horrible and whatever. But I think Gerard Butler, if you look side by side, he even like looks a little bit. If they put the beard on him, he looks a little bit like him. And he could pull it off. So I'm going with. And he made a good point about Graham McTavish. I think he's another one that could probably uh, 
be shifted in. And this is all under under the realization that it's just horrible that Ray Stevenson's gone. You know, it's I know, I, I know, it's awful, awful. Um, all right, now on to other aspects of this episode. Uh, do you want to grab a- some super chats real quick? Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. Okay, cool. Uh, so we have Stubby one again. What up, Stubby? He said. The Ahsoka laugh when hugging Ezra touched my soul. Any chance Ahsoka senses what Balin senses and going goes after him instead of Thrawn? I mean, I made a joke online that like everyone in this episode seemed like they were rushing somewhere. I used a Nicki Minaj meme because it did. It seemed like everybody was like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. But I mean, yeah, that's the difficult choice, right? Do you go to the person that's doing something really sketchy and weird and mysterious? Or do you go with the guy that's going with an undead army seemingly? to the people that have no idea what's coming um and they're both it's like you know the spider-man now choose situation Mm -hmm. like what do you do and i would assume she's probably gonna go after thrawn but that's just what i think what do you guys think if she had to choose between the two i don't think they're splitting up again yeah that's no he's just saying who who would ahsoka choose would she go after thrawn or would she go after balin but i i think it's going to be the bigger pull probably uh, yeah. to, to Thrawn. And mm-hmm. I think what happened here at the end of this episode, which a lot of people felt wasn't, and I felt this way too. This isn't one of those episodes you're going to look back on and be like, Oh, remember part seven of Ahsoka? You know, it's still <laughs> good, but I don't think it's one of those marquee episodes. But I think what they did do was set the table for Thrawn's ready to go back. Our crew's ready to go back. Cause they're all together again. And now are they going to make it to that? Uh, known galaxy or not is it going to be another you know race against time in that way i i don't know that there's like going to be any more side things especially in this next episode so i i think the fact that we just reunited ahsoka with ezra and sabine to split them up again next episode makes no sense and i don't think all of them together are going to go after balin and leave thrawn so in my logical mind they're going to wherever thrawn's going Mm mm-hmm Yep, but I do. If that were, go ahead, James. It just if that were the scenario, like I would think uh, Ahsoka would go after Balin, and I think Sabine and Ezra would go after Thrawn, and they would both do their thing. But that's exactly what I was going to say, John. Is I don't think at this point it makes any sense for Ahsoka to be like, "Let's split up again," you know. Especially when the previous episode, Yu Yang's like, "Oh, they're back together," you know, and yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. "Why do that when you're going to split them up?" So that leads me to think that they need to, they, uh, Thrawn's point right now, his point is that they've already lost all their time. That was their biggest asset. They've already lost their time. So we're going to get out of here. And Thrawn's plan is to leave everybody, including Balin. I think that, you know, Shin's probably going to go back and she's going to be aboard that ship. And then it's going to be a race for Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine to to get out of this place too. But I think that there's a good possibility maybe that that Balin's end of the story is just he stands on the planet and he watches everybody leave. And then no resolution. He chooses to stay in, uh, you know, this... Yeah, Peridia. Um, what what's that called? Uh, uh, when you get sent away, exile, exile, exile. Yeah, he chooses to stay in exile to to seek his own destiny or his own path or something. And I don't know if they'll ever follow up on that story or not. If they'll be able to, but it could have been something that they were planning on picking up. But 
maybe he's just not part of the story anymore. He, he says, I can't let you go through. Ahsoka sneaks through and then he goes, well, she got through. All right. And he walks away. That would be dreadful, wouldn't it? it yeah. I mean, but what are you going to do when the show was shot? You know, like all those, like then all those lines he said about power more than you could ever dream. And then he's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just going to hang back. Just hang back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going to hang out with these rocks over here. Well, thanks, Stubby. We appreciate your, uh, your question. We have Luke here. What up, Count Pepto? Thanks for the super chat. He said, what's up, TRB? Will Thrawn make it back to the main galaxy and have you seen the rumor of Balin's list of original trilogy characters written on his arm I have seen that photo yeah, that? and we were talking about it I think offline where we were saying how we thought maybe it might have just been like an easter egg like because Star Wars fans we like to do our translating of stuff that maybe it was more like a hey that if you're going to translate this we're going to give you something good instead of something random um, but with the Thrawn thing, yeah, I think he is going to get back to the main galaxy because I don't think they can leave him where he is because they've built this up to such a point. He's got this army. He's got the witches. He's like in his same uniform. They had the whole moment at the beginning with Hera, which we haven't even talked about with Mon Mothma, where Mon Mothma is right. like, do you think this is going to happen? And she's like, we need to prepare for the worst, like, and hope for the best. I think that alone is letting you know, foreshadow, like, this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be tricky, which, by the way, I thoroughly enjoyed that they did call out the Mandalorian season four, where they said what happened on Mandalore in the little New Republic meeting. He says that. Carson Tavis says, what about what happened on Mandalore? And Mm -hmm. they bring up Moff Moff Gideon. And they brought up the whole thing with the whole fight with the Mandalorians. And I was sitting there going, yes. So that answers the question. This is taking place after that. Because a right. lot of yeah. that was like, does this going alongside yes. it? Yeah. Is this before, oh. after what's going on? You so, said yeah. season four. I think you, you meant season three. You season to- three. I, I had I'm a feeling sorry. John was going to come back and try to correct that. But I was just <laughs> no, going to no, let it slide. No, I'm like, I think we no, all know she's talking about. Oh, no, oh, no, not to correct. Because only I, I thought I missed a foreshadowing of something coming up in Mandalorian. No, no, I'm no. Like, oh. I meant season three. I just miscalculated the season. So anyway, oh, no, everybody no. knew what I was talking about. Season yeah. three, when Moff Gideon and Mandalorian fight on Mandalore, they mention it. Which is awesome because I feel like as Star Wars fans, we were really questioning like, where does this fall? Is it at the same time or is it after? Um, And plus, it just shows you once again how everything is tied together. You know, John Favreau is the executive producer on the show. Yep. um, And that, uh, you know, I I think my one question though, and this has nothing to do with Luke's question, so I apologize, Luke, is like, where's Zeb? Yeah. Well, he might show up next episode, I think. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Well, so I I agree with, you know, the conversations we had uh, off air about the characters. I think that's just an Easter egg. Nice little nod. Yeah. Um, Thrawn, 100% making it to the main galaxy because you can't have your new main villain, for live action anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, fail in his first attempt to doing something big. So he's it's he's going to succeed and he's going to get there. He's done all these things to survive. Mm-hmm. He has to succeed. Now, 
Yeah, I he's have in a prison, feeling... and if he doesn't escape from prison, then he's still in prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what are we exactly. doing? <laughs> you know, so then, what was the purpose of any of this? So, yeah, he's definitely making yeah. it back there. Also, when you think about all the other characters that we're still leaving behind in the known galaxy, they have to get back in the mix with our main heroes, uh, Carson Tava, Mon Mothma, you know, whoever. Um, and then I, I'm wondering, like, if he's going back, they're definitely going back too. Ezra saying, I have a feeling now that I'm definitely going home. I think that's affirmation. I think they're going to have to stow away on Thrawn's ship and he's going to let them for some reason. Because um, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to hitch a ride again with the whales and do we need to see that again? Like, I, So I think they're all going to sort of go back together in this weird way. And what's what's more Star Wars than a nice stowaway? Especially when the bad guys <laughs> know you're stowing away. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's what might happen. Huh. Awesome. Well, thanks, Luke. Do you, Appreciate it. Do we have another one? or? Nope, that's it. Do we want to go back then and talk about that opening scene? Because we just like blew past it real quick. Hera and Admiral Akbar, right? Akbar. Is that, that was him, for sure? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw some people confirming that that was him. I, I never took the time to check the credits. Um, that seemed right. I thought that that could potentially be Nine Numb, too, but I don't think it is. He's got a beard or a mustache and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I looked, um, it was a cool scene. I thought that that was the end of Senator Ziono, you know, and it's like, cool. Now he's in live action. He's there. That's cool. So, um, he's getting put in it, his place. It, uh, yeah. And it added a little bit of, of fuel to the fire, I think as to why, um, that character gets upset when his son runs off to the resistance, you know, later. And also like, why the Republic resistance? It- are you kidding me? Yeah, and how the resistance in the sequel trilogy is basically like consistently Leia's getting ignored by the New Republic. Yeah. Sure. Like where she pulls stuff like this, where she's like, which first of all, I love that she's the head of the Defense Council. And of course, she has some witty retort feeling like, oh, you did this vote without me. That's interesting. <laughs> like, I love Leia so much. But the fact that they That's all don't like her in the sequel trilogy, maybe she does a lot of this stuff all the time, like Hera does, apparently. Because. Because 3PO doesn't have that sass in him. So Leia's like, you better say exactly this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? So we are really she... like hearing, you're right. We're hearing Leia's words come out through 3PO because he's a very mm-hmm. timid, neurotic person. Mm-hmm. He would never mm-hmm. be sarcastic and mm-hmm. so direct like that. So she was probably like, 3PO, I don't care what you do. You better say this. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm sure things, you know, I'm sure things are all thought about, but at this point in the timeline, I still think she's pretty well respected in the um in the government system and just the general political system because we still have later in her years the thing where she's gonna she was she was running up um uh, for like a big political position. I can't remember if it was Mon Mothma's chancellor or something like that, but then it gets exposed. She was like going to lead the populist people and all that, but then it got exposed that she was Vader's daughter and all that, that, but that's later. That's towards, that's closer to the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think she's still pretty well respected galactically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. But yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Loved it. Um, I lo- Yeah. It's a good scene. Good opener. Yeah. I thought it was solid. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really solid episode. Now, the question is, uh, next week, well, I mean, we've already sort of speculated a bit, but is there anything else that you think hasn't been brought up that might happen uh, in the final episode of this series slash season? 
I'm wondering if they're going to show Ezra be even more powerful. Ezra? Like, or if this was, yeah, if they thought that this was a good enough thing where, the, you know, like the casual audience going like, who's this Ezra guy? Why are we so invested in trying to get to him? We finally get to him and he's like, I don't need a lightsaber. I got the ally. It forces my ally, right? Cool little Yoda line. But then like, you know, he's doing some stuff and it's like, that's neat. But he also sort of got beat up and he was also sort of using the, the he gun. He totally got knocked out. Yeah, and I he was kind of like, I, I, I'm fine with that. I am. Um, but I'm also sort of like wondering if that was enough of a like, see, getting this guy was totally worth it to like the casual fans. So I'm wondering if with one more episode left, if he's going to do something cool that really solidifies the worth of going to all this trouble and potentially letting Thrawn out to get to that guy do something really cool to show the casual audience that Ezra was worth it. That's a good point. I think that Ezra does probably have to do something in this next episode. Um, but then also to what you brought up before James about it being Ahsoka, you know, we have to right. see Ahsoka definitely be the top here. So whatever Ezra does can't leapfrog over anything she does. So I hope we do get more of Ezra. So people aren't like, Why'd they go, like you say, why'd they go to get that guy? You know, who people didn't watch Rebels, you know? Uh, he seems kind of goofy and stuff. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Maybe we got to see Ezra do some, at least something. And then uh, we got to see uh, Ahsoka make the big move, whatever it is. Um, I thought that Ezra was going to pull a uh, Star Killer video game move when all the stormtroopers were around them, like doing like a ah, power move where he like knocks everybody out or kills them all. Um, mm -hmm. and he didn't do any of that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's literally this, going, this no, I don't want a lightsaber. I just want to yeah. you know, yeah. get thrown around a little bit and be like, how about we talk now? Which is an Ezra move, trust me. But yeah. at the same time, you you want the payoff of him doing something awesome. Mm -hmm. This this was probably too silly, but it crossed my mind when everybody started getting into the huts and they were like... um closing up that he was going to pick them up and start spinning them and knock all the guards out that way or something. <laughs> I was, I might've cool. been a little too ridiculous for the episode, but I was like, there maybe is a reason more that they're getting all in their protected little spheres, you know, or something, but there's, there's two other things that I'm thinking of. One, I, I could be forgetting something that happened last episode, but we have confirmation that the force does live in this galaxy in addition to the known galaxy. So it's not limited to, you mm -hmm. know, the known galaxy as Obi-Wan always right. talked about how it binds the galaxy together. Well, apparently it binds the universe together because mm -hmm. they can, the force lives within that galaxy too, as they're clearly manipulating it and using it on Peridia. Um, I don't know if that's a first, like a reveal for star Wars or not, but I haven't really seen people acknowledge that. Um, but it is good to know that, like they weren't it's almost like you know in superman 2 when he loses his powers it's like imagine if jedi or whoever force users go to a new galaxy and they can't do anything that a, any normal person can't do so yeah which would have provided maybe some tactic for thrawn as well right like maybe maybe the war happens there because he right. can defeat the jedi or something but not the but case one thing also that would have been interesting with that is you would have lost a couple of the things that have led that have moved the story forward a little bit here but you also that would have been an easy explanation for ezra why can't you just like knock these guys out and he goes force doesn't work as well here 
you know, or something. Yeah, and then you're back signal. to them just trying to get out with guns and just fighting hand to hand combat and stuff. But yeah, yeah. They kind of scrapped um, that when he goes, now nah, I got the force. Boom. You know, and he knocks the guys back and stuff. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> the last thing we haven't really talked much about Shin Hati. Do you guys think she's turning uh, to the light side or do you think she's going rogue? Uh, what do you what do you guys think for ne her next episode? I just sense like she's going to turn on everybody because she has been kind of ditched by her master at this point. She doesn't agree with the witches whatsoever. She's made that perfectly clear. She's like, witches, witches. Oh, my God, witches. She's making mm -hmm. a lot of stink eye at people. And I can't see her going back to Thrawn successfully because she's failed what he asked her to do. So yeah. I feel like she's kind of at a weird spot. And there was a moment when Ahsoka was like, I can help you. Where she like considered it. There was a couple seconds, you know, because she kept asking questions to Balin the past few episodes being like, what was it like being the council or Jedi order? Like, what was this like? Is it like me? What is this? Which to me is very childlike. Like, did I take the right path? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for some belonging there. What, what do you think, John? Because I, I have a thought on on her yeah i, I want to hear it because i just hope i'm just going to say this i just hope it's not so flat where her and balin are just now estranged after everything he said about i've trained you to be something more and like then he's like uh yeah go to that new empire we're, we're good i wonder if this character for dave filoni is his mall a character that is quiet uh, and ferocious and is sort of thrown away and becomes someone that over time is a character that no matter how hard they try to succeed, they continually fail. Um, they survive, they get away, they try new things, but uh, Maul, um, as Freddie Prince Jr., I believe, like perfectly um, illustrated, you know, it's a character that's continually trying to have success, but fails at everything they do. Um, and it's just like a tragic story for that character. And Shin put in this position right now, she doesn't feel like totally evil. She feels like she's only evil because she's been raised that way. Um, but she still, um, I don't know, has been like Lacey said, uh, and we were talking earlier, like abandoned at this point, like you're, you're ready uh like i i have other things important right now so i'm i'm saying you're ready and she's like you know she doesn't know it she thinks she is but she's not actually ready she runs into that fight she loses and, you know i i just think she's going to be a tragic character for um someone that could be around for a long time and could do some really cool stuff she could start her under, underground gangs and other things i'm sure there's some really cool stuff you could do with that character um that's true but, you know, yeah. like similar to Maul. I think this is, that could be Filoni's Maul. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's a good co comparison. I think that's a good point. Um, I, I just hope that, you know, she survives. And because, you know, obviously the actor is young, the character is young. People seem to enjoy the character so far. So I hope that there's some more legs to this story. No Maul pun intended. Um, but... <laughs> I, I I have enjoyed the character. And I think the actress has done a good job. And again, like with how I was saying with live action Thrawn, I feel like we've just scratched the surface with her too. So we'll see. But good point. Um, I know Ventress we have one more super chat. We saw a comment that's adventurous too. Great, oh, great yeah. comparison as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, Lacey, yeah, we got a super chat, right? 
Yes, we do. From Diamond Figs. Hello. Up, man? Thanks for the super chat. He said, many say that this was the worst Ahsoka episode. With everything we saw, this was better than 85% of the Disney Plus Star Wars series so far. After episode five and six, six we've been spoiled. I don't know why people are saying... I hate when people say, like, worst. Like, this is the worst. It was still a solid, awesome episode of Star Wars content media. I know mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to say content. Star Wars storytelling um, that I can't believe people are like... I just, I'm not for the whole, like, this is the worst. Because it's not. It was enjoyable. It was fun to watch. Is it my favorite episode? No. But I agree with you, Diamond Figs. Like, it stinks that people are like, this is the worst. I think people just, yeah. you know, as fans, we have a lot of expectations. Um, but I feel that Dave Filoni is meeting those expectations. Yeah. I haven't heard think? a lot of that. I, I haven't heard negativity and... You know, if He's it's a right. Social... People have said it's the worst episode so far. Yeah, but yeah, and I, the, the Attack of the Clones, in my opinion, is the worst Star Wars movie, and I still love it. So to sure. your point, like, yeah, I think so worst is a is a vernacular thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So my, you could say my least favorite and make it sound more pleasant, I guess. But sure. um, mm -hmm. thank you, thank you, Diamond Fix. Yeah. Um, right. Anything else before we uh, hop over to Patreon? We're actually going to do a live unboxing in just a few minutes uh, of Ahsoka stuff. We don't know what's in it, so we're going to check it out. Lacey has the box. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are From gonna, Hasbro. From Hasbro. We're going to see what's in there. Uh, so if you are a patron, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, and you'll see uh, the link to join us. Uh, and if you have been thinking about joining Patreon, good time. Hop over there now. Five bucks. Hop in the base and join the party. Um, but guys, anything else before uh, we head out? One, one thing for episode. me, one more episode <laughs> yeah. left, and that—that's what I was gonna say. Is um, you know, I had some questions, but we are really going up on time, so I don't want to do all that. But the one that I think is the probably the most interesting that we haven't talked at all about. We have one episode left. It, are we going to see a cameo from another one of these Disney Plus shows? So let's let's talk about Mando. Let's talk about Baby Yoda. Let's talk about Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, um, Luke, possibly Jude Law's character. You know, like what character could show up that's going to maybe do a little bit more tying together if there if there is one in that final episode? Who do you think? I think Mando's showing up before the end of the season. I think you've been saying that for a while. It's possible. I think think something from skeleton crew because i think the intention was for this to bounce right into that and sort of like when like runners in a race with the baton like you keep running as you're handing it off it's like one of those things so i think maybe whether it's the jude law character or the pirates or you know something i think maybe something with skeleton crew very small so that when we see skeleton crew we say oh they showed up in part eight of ahsoka yeah. got it here's a wild one cool. Christian says Cal Kestis. Ah. That would be Please. insane. That'd be cool. Yeah. That Please. Be That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the craziest cool. comment yeah. of the night, Christian. Well done. And he did the, I mean, he did the eyeballs thing. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, but like they were breaking down, like fans were breaking down the hieroglyphics behind Thrawn. The wall. And yeah. how they're related to, you know, some of the, the Jedi game. series mm -hmm. stuff. 
Yeah, I, yeah, and and credit Stinger, like it, we, it could just be totally that, like a Boba Fett thing again. They haven't, they did that once. They haven't done it again. Yeah. Oh, I, I think Zeb, I, I, I think Zeb's definitely showing up in this in party. I don't think he is. I don't think he Ready? is either. Bang. Zeb. <laughs> Bang. Confirmed. Cut to him. <laughs> If um, Cal shows up, I, though, everybody has to go congratulate Christian because he called it. But it's not I just going to be those, Zeb. Those... It's going to be Callus too. Zeb and Callus are going to roll up. Mm. We're going to see live action Callus. <laughs> I think uh, I think you two are right that those are the two best options. It's either Jude Law or Mandalorian. If I had to go, if I had to lean on one, uh, probably the Skeleton Crew connection because then we we already know there's stuff connected to Mandalorian because of this show already. Um, but, uh, but nothing yet about skeleton crew and that's the next big thing. So that, that makes sense to me. Right on. All right. It. Uh, before we hop out, I do have to give a special shout out to our Patreon generals and spice runners, a bunch of them in the chat participating, which we love as always, uh, including everybody. Uh, I hope everyone had a great time in the chat. I hope everyone listening on their podcast apps had a good time. Hope everyone just had a good time. Uh, but thank you to Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Darth Hurricane, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack, and our Spice Runners, the Spicy Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthy. Uh, and everybody who's a patron and everyone who's a listener, however you take in TRB, we just want to say thank you very much for joining us. One more to go for Ahsoka TRB Live next Wednesday at 8.30. Uh, James and I will be back with you on Monday's episode uh, to talk about another interesting topic. Uh, spoiler alert, it's about Palpatine. So <laughs> Lacey's like, good. <laughs> um but for us yeah we'll see uh patrons in just a few minutes um but for me you can find me on uh social media at johnny hoey and uh i'm gonna try to get on those other ones a bit more it looks like people are migrating over to threads or blue sky but at johnny hoey trb podcast for the podcast and uh my movie podcast just like the movies uh we're doing boogie nights next um lacy how about you People can find me on all of the social media platforms, including Twitter uh, at Lacey Gillerin, and then also on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And then next week, you can find me doing the reaction of the finale. And I hope that it's a long episode, um, but we'll see how that reaction is, if it's me just yelling for a minute or not. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Uh, all right, James, how about you, buddy? Uh, both X and Instagram uh, at Meyer Trunks. All right. We hope everyone has a wonderful evening, wonderful weekend, and we'll see you Monday with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>